0: welcome to peace by believing with john redmond associate pastor of first baptist church in pasadena texas today john's brother joel is our guest he is a businessman in our area, and he also heads up Peace By Believing's prison ministry. We are thankful that you have joined us today as Joel encourages us from God's Word to have God-sized dreams. I love what it says in John sixteen thirty-three. It says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. So I was thinking on that verse this week, Seems like today's terms, it might say something like, outlast the temporary. Everything in this life is temporary. Our physical bodies are temporary. Life itself is temporary. And the more that we begin to think things are permanent, the more the pressure grows and we start thinking things like, I can never get out of this situation that I find myself in. I'm always going to be broke. I'm permanently going to be unhappy. I'll always be addicted. The world is permanently going to be in turmoil. My business is permanently going to fail. My marriage is permanently going to be messed up. But that's all a lie from Satan. There's a phrase in psychiatry that is called effective forecasting. And what it means is when we are going through difficult and challenging times, our minds tell us that's the way it's going to be forever. John 8, says the devil is the father of all lies. And stick with me, half-truth. You know, I feel like Satan comes at us more with half-truths than he does with straight lies because we would be not as apt to buy into lies. But, but when the devil comes at us with half-truths, it seems like he can get more of a, a foothold. But we have to outlast the temporary because all pain is temporary, and all things in this life are temporary. And once we embrace that, it changes our perspective on everything. Psalm 1611, the Bible says, In his presence there is fullness of joy. And I just feel this morning, I need a little something different down in my spirit. And, and, and maybe I'm not the only one. We, we do live in different times. And maybe we do today need a little different perspective on some things in order to get our spirits in line with his spirit. Some of us today need to get out of the rut that we find ourselves in of just doing the same thing over and over and over. And some of us need to get out of our comfort zones and take hold of what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 when it says to let those old things pass away. And then let all things become new because until we let those old things pass away, and I'll be honest, I I feel like some of us have some old things that have been hanging around for decades, maybe more than decades, maybe generations, but we need to let those old things pass away so then all things can begin to be new. And we can end those generational pass-downs of destructive strongholds. See, we're not here this morning by coincidence. We're not here this morning by chance. We're not here this morning by by circumstance. We're here this morning by, by divine appointment. We've been put in a specific place at a specific time for a specific purpose. And we need to understand the Christian life is a fun life that is full of adventure with God. You know, success means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But success really is what that verse just said. It is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Being successful, being happy, being fulfilled is not selfish. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according all that is written in it. For then Your way will be prosperous and you will have good success. The Bible wants us to be successful and fulfilled. It didn't say you'll have okay success or moderate success or medium success or bad success. It says we will have good success, but we have to quit worrying about failing and coming up short. Napoleon Hill wrote in one of his books, Success Requires No Apologies, Failure, Permits no alibis. And we need to stop making excuses for not following God's plan for our lives, for not living that life full of adventure, and saying, one day, when the timing is better, when the kids are older, if I were only younger, if I had more money, then we get more money and we say, if I had less responsibilities. It never ends. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for the perfect time, you'll never get anything done. But what if it is that whatever you may be going through today, no matter how difficult it is, is set up so that on the other side of it, you get introduced to the person God made you ultimately to be. Philippians 1.6 says, he who began a good work will complete it on the day of Christ, but the only way we can get closer to that complete person that God made us to be is to go through some things that are not comfortable, that are painful, that are difficult, that seems like they'll never end. Then we begin to doubt ourselves, to almost give up. But remember this this morning. God is way more focused on your character than he is on your comfort. Where you are today, that version of you has been put together, developed by the creator of the universe, God himself, through difficult times. Now, I think some of you may think you got off easy today because you're not going through anything rough right now. But if you think that, I will encourage you. Take some good notes. Keep them real close by because you will need them soon so you're not excused from listening for the, for the rest of the hour. You know I sure hope that we aren't the same people today that we were in March of 2020 right before COVID changed the world as we know it. Difficulties between then and now, sure. Challenges between then and now, sure. But Job 23:10 says, "When he has tested me, I will come out as pure as gold." Some here today are going through a test. Will you quit? Will you make excuses? Or will you get the word inside of you and come out as pure as gold? Remember this, a belief is a cheap excuse for an experience. And if we could be honest today, I think some of us believe some things that maybe our grandparents told us or our parents told us or our aunts and uncles told us or whoever told us. I think some of us think we believe some things about Jesus, but I don't know that all of us have experienced Jesus. Because when we're able to share Jesus with people, I don't need to tell you what I believe. I don't need to tell you what my mom or dad told me or my grandparents told you. What I need to be able to do is to share what I know as an experience of walking with him. And that's pretty exciting. But, but, but we don't need to rely on a belief that somebody else told us. We need to know that we have experienced and we daily experience walking With Jesus, some of us need to stop being an innocent bystander in our own life and get off the sidelines and step into that excitement of walking with God daily. See, whatever it is we're going through should be forming us more into the likeness of Christ, but we have to meditate on God's Word for that to happen because it's so easy to buy into the lies of the devil that this trial, this thing you're going through, or maybe it's something you feel like God has put in your path to accomplish, that without it, it would just be all about you, the same as you are now all through life. See, without the challenge, there's no change. There's no growth. Chase that struggle. Embrace that adversity. It's the entryway to continuing to grow into the likeness of Christ and who he made you to be. Jim Rohn said, the most important benefit of setting goals isn't in the achieving of the goals. It's the person that we become in the process of pursuing that goal. And as long as we have breath, whether we're eight or 80 or younger or older, we need to keep growing and we need to keep striving because the other side of that is if we don't, we'll quit. And quitting becomes a habit. If you quit at one thing, you'll quit at another thing. The Bible says we are to finish strong. The Bible says we're to persevere. James 1.12 says blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Philippians 4.8 says whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy think about these things. Have you ever noticed that different people have different go-to emotions? Have you all ever noticed that? You know, some people have go-to emotions like peace, love, joy. Some people have go-to emotions like anger, fear, doubt, worry. You know, we probably all experience those emotions sometime that don't serve us well, but we'll never get where God wants us to go by filling our minds with doubt and fear and worry and anger. We have to stand on God's word and fill our minds with truth. And you may say, what is truth? Let me give you some truths. Truth is Jeremiah 29, 11 says he has good plans for you, plans to prosper you. Jeremiah 1, 5 says he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Psalm 139, 14 says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says you were bought at a price, and Romans 8.31 says if God be for us, who can be against us? See, those need to become our go-to emotions when we run across problems. It may look impossible, whatever's in front of you today, but thank God it's only impossible if it's all about us. If it's up to me, sure, it's impossible. But when we make it through the other side, God will get all the glory because it'll be 100% evident we had no chance of doing that without God with us. I love Psalm 23.3. It says, He guides me along the right paths. Some of you know that verse. For whose namesake? For my namesake? No, no, no. For His name's sake. He guides me along the right paths, not just paths, the right paths, For his namesake. But I'll tell you today, some of us need to step out there in faith because if we were honest, some of us here, our whole lives, have been all about me, my, and mine. And we need to change that and we need to step out there in faith and put his name on something and see what he will do for his namesake. Because it doesn't go all that great when we're trying to do something for our name's sake, because if it's all about us, it's all about nothing. But if it's about him, he will do some things for his own namesake, but we have to stop the excuses about why we're stuck wherever we are and start putting God's name on our future. You know, if the Lord doesn't return first, and if we're still living on this earth, we're gonna show up somewhere five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. But where? will always be in difficult times. See, one of the ways through those Difficult times is through huge, bold, God-sized dreams. That dream that you're embarrassed to even tell anyone else. That huge, bold, God-sized dream. See, that dream has to be bigger than the adversity. That dream has to be bigger than the fear. There has to come a time. Didn't y'all grow up in the country church, anyone? A few? Y'all remember that song when we were little kids? few of y'all that grew up in a country church. Have a little talk with Jesus. Anybody? Tell him all about our problems. He will hear my every cry, and he will answer by and by. That's the true song. We need to tell Jesus about our problems, for sure, 100%. I was singing that when I was a little guy. I'm not a little guy anymore. Some of us have been going 40 years telling Jesus all about our problems. We do need to tell Jesus about our problems. Let me tell you something, though. If you want to see your problems melt away, Go from telling Jesus about how big your problem is to telling your problem about how big Jesus is. You know, I, I do believe we need to tell Jesus our problems. But I, with me, let me speak for me. I feel like sometimes Jesus said, Joel, I got it. You've told me that a thousand times. When are you going to do anything? Why don't you go talk to that problem about me and see what happens? It's what I feel in my spirit. So, So, yeah, we need to tell Jesus about our problems, but we also need to, to kind of get up off the couch and take some control of some things and, 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 and use the mind he gave us and, and see what happens when we put his name on it and tell our problems about the power and the bigness of your God. See, don't allow that fear to be bigger than your dream. Some of you may say this morning, I, I don't really. You may just be being honest, and you may say, Joel, right now in my life, I don't know if I have a dream. Let me tell you, if you don't, get a dream. Get a dream. Not my dream, not somebody else's dream. You know, your dream may be being the best mom, the best dad, the best grandparent that you can be. That's great. Your dream may be changing the world for Christ. Your dream may be a thousand different things, but latch on to that dream that is so much bigger than you that without God showing up, there's a zero chance that it succeeds. Our family, Jody and I, are in the middle of two God-sized dreams right now, dreams that we've prayed about one for decades and envisioned for years. Uncertain, you bet. Any chance of success? Zero without God showing up. See, they're too big. There's no way. And when you get there, you may feel like you're drowning. But get the truth inside of you when you feel like you're drowning. Isaiah 43:16 says, God makes a way in the sea. A path in the mighty waters. You're not drowning. Hold on to God; He's your anchor. Have any of y'all noticed lately that a lot of people are talking about how bad it is? Anybody notice? Is it just me? Maybe I'm around different people. You know, I'm all over the place, and people they say, "Oh, it's bad. It's this, this." And I'm not diminishing. I'm sure there's problems. I suppose I don't know, but it's bad. And sometimes I'll hear someone say, "You know, it just doesn't ever seem like God shows up for me." And you know, you look at what they're saying and you want to say, maybe sometime you do say, why would God need to show up? What is it that you're doing that requires God? Because it looks like to me, pretty much you could handle this yourself. See, sometimes the reason God doesn't show up is we never put ourselves in a position where if he doesn't show up, there's no chance of anything happening. Because it's way easier just to play it in the middle of the road and keep it safe. That's not Jesus. Do you remember in the... In the New Testament, when Jesus walked by grown men with established businesses, all he said was, follow me. Two words. They quit their job like that. They quit their career like that and followed God. That wasn't the safe way. They followed Jesus. But we have to embrace that. I love 2 Corinthians 3. It says you are a living epistle. Get that in your spirit. The story of your life is still being written. It's a living epistle. And and today you may be right about your circumstance, but does it serve you to focus on that? Because the mind focuses on what it's most familiar with and whatever we focus on grows. But if we'll meditate on the word, Psalm 119, 97 says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. But we have to get our mind off of our past and problems and on God's plan for you. Let me tell you this morning. If Jesus Christ lives inside of you, you are a child of the most high king. I'm not diminishing your problem. I'm just pointing out the size of your father. He's the most high king. But half of us mope around like whatever. Slump down, shoulder. Who's that going to attract to God? I'll tell you this morning in all sincerity, I didn't come to give a pep talk. This stuff is real. I don't have a book to sell. I'm not applying to be your life coach. This stuff works. When you get a problem, get in this word. So let's be honest, some of us have never tried it. Some of us have never tried it. Let me ask you, how has it worked out so far? If you've never tried it yet, how is what you've tried worked out? Let me tell you, you, you try this, it'll never fail you. I would rather have Jesus and his word with me through any storm and any adversity I go through than to have the best day without him. Then we'll get to that life of adventure full of challenges, pain sometime. Sure, but in a good way. You know what you can do? You can get better at hurting. You won't mind the pain. Lean into the pain and take the hurt as confirmation that you're on the right road. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were stronger. Don't wish for less challenges. Pray for more wisdom so you can experience all that God has for you and not stay in that neat little bubble where everything's safe and predictable, just trying to not rock the boat. What kind of fun is that? A couple years ago, we were planning a vacation. We've gone on a few extreme vacations. Uh, But we were planning a vacation, and one somebody would say, well, let's do this. I said, that's no fun. And somebody else said, well, let's do this. That's no fun. Well, finally, our daughter, Charlie, she was about 9 or 10 or something. She said, Mom, you know Dad doesn't think a vacation is any fun if there's no chance of death. (laughs) See, that's adventure. That's adventure. Get out there. You know, maybe don't you want to be that adventurous. I don't know. But see, that is adventuresome. I think the Christian life, the Christian life is fun. The Christian life is exhilarating. Problems, heck yeah. All kinds of problems. But, but people should be excited about Jesus by being around us. Seems like too many Christians just want to condemn people to hell. Tell them everything's wrong. Why don't you tell them about Jesus? He'll fix all of that junk. It's not my job to go around and condemn for this and this and this and this and this. this. We need to be out showing the love of Jesus to others. And if you don't have any of that in your spirit, we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus Christ alive within our heart? Yeah, we all have our bad days. If I wake up every morning moping around, is Jesus in my heart? God gives us those dreams as a preview of what is possible in our lives. And the more you understand and lean into those dreams, you'll understand they aren't something you came up with. They came straight from Jesus. You know, I think we've all had times in our lives where we felt just a little glimpse of something that we could do, that, that God had, had put in our heart. Just We just had a little small picture of what we could do. I think most of us would agree with that. And, you know, I think most of us would also say it seemed to kind of fade away. I felt it. I saw it. I felt like I saw it in my mind for a moment and it felt away the reason is we didn't lean into it if you just got this big of a picture lean into it and it'll get a little bigger and just keep leaning into it it'll keep getting a little bigger every step that you take but we have to step out in faith boldly not towards the fear but towards the dream and slowly but surely we'll keep leaning into those things and then those dreams will start to become your default not the obstacles and challenges. Those around you probably won't understand it, and that's okay. Just keep leaning into what you know God has for you. If you don't see it completely, just keep leaning. Keep leaning. The more you lean into those dreams and just take small steps, they don't have to be big steps, just take small steps in faith. You will see it more and more. You will see both the possibilities. Sometimes you'll see the challenges, but outlast the temporary. Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, I've found that we struggle in general. I struggle in general with vision sometimes, with having a dream. And then, though, past getting that dream, sometimes we struggle with depth perception. See, I'll tell you something that's helped me to understand. We'll accomplish a lot less in a year than we think possible. But in five years, we'll accomplish multitudes more than we ever dreamed possible. And you say, why does that matter? Well, the reason it matters is if you think you can do it in a year and you get out there a little bit, a few steps down the road and it's two or three months and you don't see anything, you're apt to quit. Just keep walking. It's amazing when you look back, you say, oh my goodness, in five years I would have never guessed. But if you look back where you were a year in, normally it doesn't seem like that's very far. Depth perception, we can't think it'll all happen in the short run. Hear me this morning. You are a lot closer to your dream than you think. You are a lot closer to getting past whatever it is you're going through than you think. You're a lot closer to beating that addiction than you think. To experiencing that perfect peace. As it says in Isaiah 26, three, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. Your one decision, one thought. One emotion, one meeting, one step in faith away from turning that corner. Stop thinking it's so far away and stop thinking about all those things that don't serve you because all pain is temporary. Outlast the temporary. You are going to arrive somewhere in 5, 10, 20 years. The question is, who are you going to be when you get there? Who will you have helped? Will the kingdom be any different because of your life. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. You can find this message along with many others under the broadcast tab on our website, peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace By Believing with John Redmond as Joel Redmond continues his message, God-Sized Dreams.